Welcome to Namaste and Rosé, a yoga rant podcast. <laughs> How's that microphone, Tally? My limp dick microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps falling. I, t- I, I, I've been <laughs> rubbing it a little. It's staying, it's staying firm now. Yeah, it's a little to the left, though. I'm not going to lie. I played with it. It's well, but it's staying up, and that's what needs to happen. Yes, it's good to keep it up. Nicely done. <laughs> For at least the next hour. <laughs> Whoa. Took some Viagra. Who are we kidding? This is like the six-hour binge podcast. I know. Hi, Sarah. Oh, hey, Tally. Oh. Namaste and rosé. 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 Rosé now. Namaste and rosé. Yeah, let's get the title right. That's good. That's important. What are you drinking? Oh, it is really good. It's really good. It's a, it's called, um, it's, <laughs> it's by Luna Bay. And they're out of Chicago, but I guess they um, brew here uh, with Crazy Mountain in um, just out in Denver. Nice. Uh, Crazy Mountain's a local brewery in town, but they are co-brewing this um, boozy booch, and it's freaking fantastic. So it's called Luna Bay, and I got Palo Santo Blueberry. Whoa. It's so, I mean, it's so good in your mouth. It really, it tastes like love in your mouth. It really does. <laughs> wait, it, it's a, wait, it's a rosé or a beer? Neither. Cider. Nope. Try again. It's boozy booch, I just said. But I don't understand. Is it, hard it's kombucha. brewed like beer? So it's hard kombucha. Yeah. And so they, um, I just don't understand. Do they just brew it longer and ferment it longer? Is that how you get boozy? I don't fucking know. They, I well, don't know. Get into the science of it if you're going to drink it. Jeez. I Actually, I would like to because, and it's not this bullshit 4% like other boozy booches. This is a 7%, nope, 6, 6% alcohol. So most of them are so like four. What you're saying is it's going to be a real fun podcast. And, oh, I'm because I'm almost done with it. <laughs> I, I brought a... I brought another, but this one is a rosé since this is our podcast. Um, and I got Babe Rosé with Bubbles. Ooh, I like that one. Do you? I actually should yell for Tom to go uh, cut me a lime. It definitely needs a lime and some ice. It does. I, mm-hmm. I like it, but I do feel like it needs a lime. It's a I little- feel like it's a summer breeze. In your mouth? In your mouth. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just going to say that after everything. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fine. Well, um, I'm drinking a pink spindrift. It's grapefruit flavored. Grapefruit? But, mm-hmm. I have, some, I have some local kombucha. Well, it's from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, local-ish. Um, and so I'll probably swap this out and get all wild when I drink that. On regular booch? On the boochy booch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. But yeah, this whole um, not drinking thing, I've been real close to it this week. And (laughs) I don't know. Now I'm like, it's like a competitive thing. Like, I don't want to ruin my streak. It's like my Peloton app. If I, you know, I'm like, I I hit my century ride and I just got to keep going, you know, like 
Yeah. I get all ultra competitive with myself. Like, oh, I have to log in today just to like take a meditation or stretch or something, even if it's fucking five minutes. We've been doing a a thing at work uh, like that. It's like a wellness competition between the entire, um, like all over the nation of where all the offices are. So that has, I didn't think I was competitive, but I'm like, oh, hell no. And, and so like I log something in and like, we got to go walk or I've got to do this. I've got to get my, <laughs> you know, like whatever you have to. It's your steps in. Yeah. And it has to be five points is the highest that you can get. And so it ranks like what you did for the day. And so I have it set up to my iWatch. And so it'll log in everything that I've done. So, um, so if I'm at like, if I know I'm close to my five points, I'm like, all right, one more thing, like <laughs> before bed. I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's how I am. Like when I teach in the morning. So when I walk, I cruise back and forth in that yoga studio when I, when I teach and our studio right. is so big and, um, I hit like 5,000, you know, 5,000 steps before like 10 AM this morning. It was grand. <laughs> nice. I was cruising. That's awesome. It is awesome. What else you got going on? Anything else new and exciting? Yeah, I am. Um, well, I'll tell a little bit about it, but I won't speak a whole lot of it, but um, I'm rebranding my business. Wait, what, what? Really? What? Yeah. Why? Uh, I just want it to feel more like me. And I think one, it was just so, as you remember, you were helping me out. It was like so fast, like yeah, we just done. popped that sucker out. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just felt rushed. And even though I love it and love the name and, and all of that, uh, I really felt like I was pertaining towards somebody else versus myself. And instead of like wanting to make I me, mean, even though I was obviously making products that I enjoy, but it, I felt like it was branding towards someone instead of like, branding in a way that really felt more like me and then other people like me come versus. So wait, what is the new name? Did you already come up with one? I did, but I don't want to say it yet. Oh my God. It's like maybe, you're pregnant. Maybe I'll tell you after off, off recording. Offline. Off, well, I think off we should mind. have a little, we should probably <laughs> post it on Facebook and tell everybody to write in what they think your new name is. <laughs> that's a good idea. Right. I mean, I love my name. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel a little more connected. You know, sometimes things just have to fall before they even start. So, oh yeah, that's, you gotta like, things have to, yeah, fall apart so you can put them back together the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Puzzle pieces. Yeah. And, um, and you know me very well that I am not, uh, organized whatsoever. You what? And so I just spent most of the bulk of the afternoon um, putting, I had Tom put shelves in those uh, barn cabinets that I have, those reclaimed barn cabinets that are in, in the, the kitchen. kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have shelves. So they're like these, this really big space inside. And so I asked him if it, how hard would it be to add shelves? And, you know, I need to put all my shit in there, like all the shit that I make. Cause it's just like piled up in a corner. Right. Otherwise you just have, yeah, stacks of it. Yeah. And so, and I was like, that's not, it's driving me nuts. And so, um, he did that, put them together this morning. And so I've been 
I put everything in there. Now we kind of have a kitchen <laughs> again. No so, way. Yeah. Yeah. So he was on it. He's like, okay, if this is going to help you stay organized and we actually have a kitchen that looks like a kitchen and not just a science project, then I'm all <laughs> for it. So he did like, uh, like I'm going to Home Depot, I'm getting it, I'm doing it and was like done. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. So I'm really happy about that. And it feels, you know, I'm like, I'm an adult now. I shouldn't be so chaotic and messy. As you see stacks of paper. <laughs> As I look behind you. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> no, that, that's why I'm just never in my office. I have this yoga studio and office right here off my dining room in my house. And I mean, literally, this is why I bought the house. Um, you know, that and like my woodwork and my entryway and my fancy chandeliers. But I... And ghost. It, well, she was a given, right? <laughs> but no, my my son was so... You know, we're talking about, because I, I need to be able to record podcasts and then I, I do my um, yoga videos with clients and stuff and I don't have a door. So it's like open from the dining room. So it's like if somebody's got the TV on or if the kids are booming the stereo or anybody's cooking or anything like that, it's like clank, clank, clank in the background. And so I was going to just have French doors. It's, you know, it's a big enough opening for French doors. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's pretty. And that's like normal for an office or whatever. Yeah. But Jasper oh. reminded me of a house that we rented in Denver and I started looking at it. Um, it had a really cool feature in it. And I started looking at my, I'm looking at my doorway right now. And I was like, I think we could do this right here. So I called somebody who's a carpenter and I think we're going to put in a Scooby-Doo bookshelf. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's going to rotate. I'm, we're hoping it rotates on a 360. Shut so your that, face. Shut my face. Right. So the books can be there, either be all oh my, my yoga books inside the studio or they can be flipped around. Towards no. me. Oh my gosh. Please do it. I thought you were going to say, if not, obviously not French doors, because that's where you were leading. But I was thinking those, um, barn doors that slide across. Oh. That's what I was, I was well, not prepared for you to say that. I, love that I know. Idea. I know. So we had this amazing rental house that when I did all the digging, the historical digging on it, it was a bootlegging operation at one point. So, um, the, and I didn't even know I lived in the house for like two weeks before I realized that the wall opened up and there was a, like a hidden room behind it and a circular staircase that went up to like this hidden closet. And it was where the still was. Holy Isn't that shit. crazy? This, yeah. is, this is also crazy because I, I was having this conversation with Tom this morning, how he, uh, his, one of his family members lived in a house that they also did bootlegging and down below. And he was always told as a young kid not to go down there. So of course, what do you do? Yeah. You, you go, go down, down there. there. He said that there's shackles, like there were shackles and chains up on the wall because it goes into, it wasn't like a regular basement. It was like a basement that goes into a rock face and like, right. like that, and that there were all these tunnels that you could go down like a couple feet, I don't know, 15, 20 feet. And then it would be, um, just like bricked over and he, you know, he was young, so he didn't realize, and I'm like, my eyes are about to pop out of my head this morning. And like, 
That's what amazing. Are you talking about? So it's crazy that you were talking about that. And then that came up this morning. I don't know. The universe just works in mysterious ways. I mean, it's like that collective consciousness or something. <laughs> no, I'm really excited. The Scooby-Doo bookshelves, that's, that's totally going to happen. And um, everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say that, right? Like it's obvious. I mean, I knew what you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Or we could go like young Google Frankenstein. It. Yeah. Young Frankenstein style too. Like see that. I don't know what you're talking about. What? Wait. Oh, oh, oh um, put yes. the candle back. Yes. You remember that? Yes. Okay. It was definitely, I, I definitely I got that. it. I, huh? I want to eh? watch it. Huh? I need to watch that again too. I, uh, so good. It's one of my yeah. faves. It's like one of my kids' favorite movies of all time. I'm like, my oh, kid's so cool. That is cool. Cause that's an yeah. old movie. I know it's like black and white even. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not that old. They just shot it in black. And I know, white. I know. But like what kid likes black and white in this true. <laughs> That's true. So what else? What else is going on? So I have some not awesome news. My horse got kicked in the face and broke his orbital bone in his eye. So he's got like a fracture in his skull. That's what happened. Yeah. Oh and... He, his eye is swollen. We're going to see if he has vision. Um, went and visited him today at the horsey hospital. He's there for 10 days at least. And then we're going to kind of go from there. So I'm officially shit. broke is what that comes out. To. Yeah. I was going to, it was like, shit, like that's terrible about the horse, but like that, I mean, mostly terrible about the horse. But yeah. All the way terrible about the horse. Yeah. But that's not cheap either. Is no. there any way of, um, like how do you fix that if, if it's fra if his skull? Yeah. So the skull, it, it's a really good break. So it just has to heal. Okay. And, um, and then the eye, so he's got a catheter that's, um, yeah. run through into his eyeball. Poor baby. I know it's pretty Poor crazy. And so medication, another horse kicked him. Yeah, he was probably like had his head down and was grazing or something. And there's like a bunch of rowdy boys in that pasture now. And so he's out in the pasture during the day for fun. And um, but he's definitely not gonna be out in the pasture for the rest of the year, that's for sure. He he's in his stall at night. So I'll just I'll just have to leave him in his stall and he's got a little run and that's just life for a little while, unfortunately. How old um, is he? He's 13 now. Oh, so he's young. Yeah, yeah, he's super young. I mean, he's like, he's like middle of the road. He's good, good age. Yeah. Yeah. And I had somebody that wanted to lease him. I wanted to do like a half lease just cause I'm not able to ride quite so much. And I just bought that really nice new expensive saddle. It's only been ridden in a few times. I'm I like hate losing my mind over all of this. I'm like, well, I could have spent that money I spent on a saddle with the vet. So but you didn't know. I mean, that's no, of course not. But it's still like, it's just, so I'm feeling overwhelmed. I've been feeling pretty good about life. And then you know, just super overwhelmed by that right now. And then, well, but I, you know, you should be practicing non-attachment to things like money, Sarah. Oh, I'm very unattached. I'm spending it like crazy. <laughs> it was me trying to spiritually bypass you. Could you just spiritually bypass the shit out of that? please? <laughs> yeah. This is a really good lesson. What lesson can you learn from this? Oh, oh, I know we're going to talk about examples. So we'll, well, maybe we should just segue now. We can. Um, wait a minute. Let me open this up. Oh, Tally's going to get giggly. And then I have to yell for Tom to get me a lime. Okay, do it. <laughs> Tom! 
Tom. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> Let me try again farther. I mean, every, the neighbors did. How long will this take? Hmm. I heard her say hang on in the background. Should I just give a play-by-play? -play? Right now I just see Tally's microphone. She has a hideous tapestry hanging over what seems to be some sort of wall art in the background. Actually, it's probably my wall art. I should probably ask her about that. Hmm. I bet you that's what it is. Where'd she go? Come on. I think she went and got her own damn lime. Well, maybe I should start drinking. Holy cow. What? <laughs> I'm back. I had to get my own line. I just, I was giving a play-by-play, -play, but you probably just went and got your own line. <laughs> yeah. He was apparently outside. He's playing guitar with a cat. So he's good and stoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, okay. So you got your lime. You're all set. I'm all set. No, when did because I ran because <laughs> he just ran up and down those stairs. Hey, like, that <gasps> tapestry behind you is that over that wall art of mine that I keep no. forgetting to get? Yeah, Tom was like, "It's ours now. It's been too long." <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, COVID, it, COVID rules. Okay, no, apply it's here. uh, we've had this since well before COVID. It was like. We got it like last September. COVID rules. It's fine. You were even here. Twice. I know, but I keep forgetting it's there. I didn't even realize it until I saw that and tapestry it, behind you. It, no. Oh, you wish it was that small. It's fucking huge <laughs> and it's about a hundred pounds. Okay, but I need it for my new bookcase so I can have it on the back of the bookcase. It's ours now. We've had it for no. like nine months. Fuck you. It's ours. Uh, do you have it hanging on the wall? No, because we were still waiting for you to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. But we might. I mean, it's kind of cool. It's a little, it's, it was really cool in the photo. And right. it in real life, it's not as cool. I, I feel like, yeah. Eh. Yeah. I feel like it's a glued poster onto really heavy wood. Well, it's likely that's what it is. That's what it looks like. <laughs> I mean, like really heavy. It's like you need. It's like a door. Yeah. <laughs> it's like three doors. Solid oak door with a, mm -hmm. with a poster, uh, with a poster like Mod Podged onto it. Okay. So note to self, Palo Santo blueberry kombucha and then drinking rosé right after is they don't, it doesn't. No bueno. No, <laughs> I'm going to have to wait on that for a minute. Okay. We'll, we'll let that slide. We can move on. Can we, can we move on? Yeah. Are we ready to get started already? We're not going to talk for like three hours before we, Oh, Hey, this is I a mean, podcast. I feel like, I feel like we've talked for a good amount. I mean, I don't really care. Do you care? I, I'm over talking to you. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. 
Well, it was funny because we didn't start recording right away. We were just chit-chatting. That's the problem. We got to just go right in. Yeah. You got to go in blind. It's like everything else we do in our lives. (laughs) It was like, and (laughs) what's different? Mm. Well, so today we wanted to talk about spiritual bypassing, and I'm sure we'll bring it back home at some point, just chatting away. Yeah. Well, and, and this time we actually took notes and stuff, so maybe we'll be um, on point, but probably not. Nah. So uh, you were going to talk a little bit about the history, right? Yeah. Sorry, Oscar Teed- just started licking my toes. And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> I was a little distracted. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey. Okay. He's good. We're all good. He's laying down. He's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, so uh, I was just going to get started on just like a little history of it and, you know, who came up with it, where did it come from? So like maybe we should first start by like, what is spiritual bypassing? Like, what does that mean? That's what I'm going to do. So if you just- (laughs) Are you going to spiritually bypass me? Is that it? (laughs) No, I'm just telling you. (laughs) Let me just do it. No spiritual bypassing needed. Shut the fuck up and let me talk. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But you have to put your phone down. I know. Done. Okay. I'm waiting. My kid's on a plane right now. So I just, I am going to look at it from time to time to see if it's him texting me. Are you ready? I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just chugging, <laughs> chugging my spindrift here. It's a lot of juice in here. There is. It's kind of, I like it, but it's a little sugary for me. <laughs> Three grams of sugar. Yeah. It's a bit sugary for me as well. Uh, Cause I'm used to like you, what, sparkling you were, water, the French beers you were drinking last. Uh, LaCroix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Getting into it. So, uh, what is it? It is a term that was introduced in the 1980s by a guy named John John Wellwood. Uh, He is a psychotherapist and a Buddhist teacher. So uh, he quotes, because I have big, long quotes in this one. (laughs) Big, long quotes. So he says, it's a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks. So this covers up, and what was that? <laughs> it was a burp that I had no idea was coming. My mouth just opened. My apologies. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it covers up uh, and defends against an underlying deficient identity where we feel badly about ourselves or just not good enough about ourselves. Um, And although we may be practicing diligently in our spiritual spirituality, things like that, um, we can be, uh, it can be used in the service of denial and defense, which is what I see a lot of it being used as it's in like, it's being used as a defense mechanism, mostly. Um, like if you don't like something, then you just end up either, well, I'm not going to partake in this conversation anymore because of your negative energy or they like quote something to, 
uh, feel validated versus actually listening to someone, but we'll, we can get into that a little later. Um, so when spiritual practice is used to bypass our real life human issues, it becomes compartmentalized and uh, in a separate zone of our life. Um, and it remains unintegrated with our overall functioning. So with this, this helps us avoid experiencing the emotional pain of working through psychological issues. So when we then actively seek spiritual highs as a mean to avoid processing underlying pain, which, I mean, obviously he, he, there's a lot of like his psychological background talking in that, um, but I definitely... You know, and maybe for some people, they don't feel that that is true, but like that whole defense mechanism of not even wanting to engage, like not even engaging in engage, the conversation. Yeah, engage in any dialogue and then using that to throw back in somebody's face to make you feel better about yourself is like you know, maybe there is some underlying trauma that you haven't worked through that. I don't know. I mean, you know, we all have trauma in some form, you know, right. Trauma doesn't, I always thought trauma meant like something you, horrible happened. Yeah. Like you were yeah. abused as a child or like you grew up hungry or something. And like now thinking back, it's like, oh no, there's just like these little traumas and trauma is just such a, like a big word. It sounds like versus right. little things, but they can be little things. They don't have to be these big, big things. Well, yeah. It's like the first time on like a playground, like a, a you know, what, what's the, the common, the common thing that, that moms say to little girls, if the little boy pushes you down on the playground, oh, he's just, He's flirting just with you because he likes you. Yeah. yeah, he's flirting with you. It's like, oh, give me a break. No wonder all these women are dating men that are horrible people. <laughs> that, <laughs> right? is such, that is such a great analogy. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just, it's like, oh my God. No wonder that's all we look for. It's like, it's like chasing something that like the bad boy, the one that's just going to break your heart. God, I love the bad boys so much. Oh God, I know. Like the emotionally <laughs> unavailable. Yeah, but I think I'm over that now. I should be. I'm goddamn nearly 50. Oh just my kidding. God. <laughs> you just said that out loud. <laughs> I did because I have to get used to it that that's coming like in the next less than five years. Well, can we have a, one of those? Well, who is um, Molly Shannon's character? And I'm 50 years I'm 50. old and I can kick. Can we please dress up as her and like go to Vegas or <gasps> New Orleans or something and just kick everywhere we go? Yeah, I really okay. need to do that. Hopefully COVID will be done by then. The mm, yeah, give it four more years is what I'm told by an epidemiologist. I don't know. Serious? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like this is the next four years apparently. Ugh, I mean, I'm... I'm I'm going to go with, they don't know what they're talking about because they're a scientist and they don't really know what's going on. It's all, it's all government conspiracy. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to just assume it's going to be over by the end of the summer. Uh, I think it's, I'm pretty sure I heard it was over with now, like about an hour ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Wear a mask people. Come on. Um, okay. So <laughs> Let's see. There's also another quote. Hopefully it makes sense. Can I, can I actually say that I also, um, to, uh, a friend who's a therapist, she used to describe, um, like 
the spiritual bypass as a form of escapism. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I don't know if I say that. I feel like I did, but maybe I didn't, but yeah, for sure. I totally see that because you're, it's that denial. Like he was talking about like John, um, Wellwood said it's, it's like this place of denial and defense. So that's what you come up with. And to me, it's also, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it feels authentic to say here. Like it's the same when somebody (laughs) disagrees with you and says, well, I'll pray for you. Oh, bless their hearts. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, it's the same thing. And I'm just like, well, please don't, because I don't want you to, and I don't believe in that shit. So don't know my God, God bless her. My mom does that to me all the time. She's been praying for my horse. So that's great. You know, that's that's different. It's when they're using it as a way to silence you from whatever the topic is. Right. Like faith being, um, you know, just like giving up to faith that you're totally out of control of what is happening to you. So, um, well, not all in God's hands now. Right. But it's towards somebody else as far as like the spiritual bypassing goes like, oh, I'm just going to pray for you because you're clearly a horrible person. So is that kind of like, but would you say that that would be equivalent to thoughts and prayers when we have a school shooting? Um, I, it's probably a form of it. I think it's a good way yeah. for people to send out condolences, but there's no action behind it. Right. And so like, I, I'm, she doesn't listen to this podcast, so it's fine. But a childhood <laughs> friend that, um, at least I don't think so. I'll find out. Yeah. You'll um, get a review. We'll have a shit review and I'll be like, it was her. Yeah. But, um, she recently found Jesus and I've known her for a very long time. And so she was kind of worried about telling me because she thought I would judge her. And I'm like, damn right. I will. I was like, well, I mean, you know, if that's what you think, but I mean, I just, (laughs) that's what you think. (laughs) Well, I mean, like if that's how you want to think, that's fine. Don't, don't bring it to me. Uh, You know, because especially like a newly, convert they're the worst but um I love everything you're saying right they are it's true but she it was uh when uh George Floyd uprising initially happened the only thing that she said about it was like I'm gonna pray for him and his family I'm like no first of all you're probably not and second of all what the fuck is that gonna do like do have action behind it. So I feel like in a way, or maybe it's not spiritual bypassing because that's not inflicting really something. I mean, I look at it as like towards like one person to another person and shutting a conversation down. But, um, it's more, uh, Oh shit. What is it called? Performative allyship. Yeah. Performative action. Yeah. So I feel like that's really more of the thoughts and prayers with school shootings or anything like that. So I would say it's more performative, like, Oh, look, I'm going to say something about it, but I really don't give a shit. I mean, maybe somebody does like I, uh, my, uh, first tattoo artist passed away today unexpectedly. And I was, I definitely was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I really do mean, I am so sorry. We're, we're here for you. This is crazy. I can't believe that this is happening to you. And, 
um, no, not one person in that thread said thoughts and prayers, not one, because we all, Colorado Springs, we all got tattooed by him at some point in our lives. So, um, yeah, so I haven't seen anybody do anything like that. So that's good. Cause I would have like lost my mind if I saw that. Cause I hate that more than anything. Right. Anywho. So, well, um, so what I, what I see is spirituality as a crutch, like, you know, like I'm this way, so I don't have to address these issues. Right. Yeah. Positive vibes only. Yeah. That's that whole denial. Like I, this is, I have Jesus in me. I have whoever the fuck you want to believe in, in you and that you, you can pew, pew, like superwoman or whatever the way, you know, like deflect everything because of that. And that's just, you're not really actually sitting in the shit to think about what's going on either within yourself, which is why you're reacting that way or towards the person that you're saying that to and not giving them any credit towards their feelings and actions as, as well. And who we, we don't know the person on the other end. Um, this is just like that spiritual bypasser that's just deflecting right. back. Um, so like one of the other quotes he says is we often use the goal of awakening or liberation to try to rise above the raw and messy side of our humanness before we're, uh, we fully, uh, are faced and to make peace with it. So it's again, like that whole rising above. Yeah. You know, I feel like I can really relate to this one. Um, when I was going through my divorce and everything, which one? Uh, <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> You're so sweet. No, when I was going through my divorce in Denver and deciding, yeah, you think you're so fucking funny, Tally. Um, and um, and then all of a sudden going through a custody thing with all of that. And it was just so overwhelming. And I did have um, a few people, most, well, everyone that said anything were in the yoga community and another person that was, you know, quote unquote spiritual. And, and it was like, oh, well, there's a lesson here or that's you know, such a good one. Oh my God. I fucking fuck you that. with the lessons. <laughs> yes. Or God only gives you what you can handle. I fucking hate it because I, you know, we have a, I don't know if you saw a, a very prominent teacher in Denver right now. Her son has a, a brain tumor. I don't know if yes. we're following that. Yeah. And, you know, I think she, she wrote something like, fuck this. God can only, God only gives us what we can handle. Like this, like it's a shit show right now. Right. Like, I don't, I don't think I can handle this. And I, I read some of the comments and like, of course you can. You're so strong. I think that's part of why I hate it. When people say you're so strong and resilient, it's like, I don't want to be strong and resilient. I want to be weak and meek. You know, yeah, you like, don't have to be strong all the time. And no, I, I want to like go throw a tantrum on the ground. I want to be a fucking Trader Joe's Karen throwing right. a goddamn fit about a mask when right. I'm trying to buy soy milk. When your child has a brain tumor, like that's the last yeah. fucking thing you need to hear is you're strong. You'll get through it. It's like, no, my fucking child can die and probably will. 
and it's a horrible, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. And yeah, yeah. And I just, yeah, reading the comments, I had to just, I just had to, you know, do the fucking heart emoji and close it out because I couldn't right. even handle it. Right, right. I nothing I say is gonna is gonna help. No. And those other comments are way worse than just fucking ignoring it. You know. Right. I think the only just having lost a parent, which is not the same as losing a child, but I close. I would think it was, it's close probably. Well, yeah. I mean, probably, but you giving birth to a child is like, that's something otherworldly, you know, like your bond with them is just, they are a part of you physically. Yeah. And so, um, when I lost my mom, people would say shit like that to me too. Like, um, you'll get, things will be back to normal soon or you'll, Oh my uh, God. Yeah. Like, uh, what, what did they say? Like you'll, um, in time things will be better or something like that. I was like, no, it actually is never better. Like there's never a day that I don't think about her. I'm not depressed. And you don't wish it. that she was there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, even still sometimes there is actually about a month or so ago, I was, um, driving back home from the field from Southern Colorado and just started crying. Like just some, a song came on that I hadn't heard in a long time. And it reminded me of a conversation that we had while that song was playing. And I just like, what? like just started falling because it fucking sucks. It's, it will always suck, but you yeah. move through your day to day. And there's one thing that I know is anybody who has lost somebody that close to them never said, oh, you'll get over it or whatever. Like not one, not one. Those are the ones that, you know, lost somebody close. Like they're the ones that are like, I I feel you. I'm so sorry. I truly mean it. Talk to me whenever, if you ever need to talk to me, like those are the people who are truly listening and can feel your pain and not saying stupid bullshit just to be for them to be seen as if they really care. And maybe they don't know that they're not, I mean, maybe they think they care. I don't know, but that's the whole part of like this denial um, spiritual bypassing uh, or like performative ship is like, oh no, I want to say something. So, you know, I'm, I'm here and okay. I did. Yeah. Make a for I'm going to make this about me. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there is, there's never a day it's been seven years now. Yeah. Seven years in July. And so it's crazy. I know. And I, and like the only thing that I can think of is like, three years is going to be 10 years. What? Like it breaks, it breaks my heart. Like a decade. Holy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so things like that never go away. So when people say that, I just think it's really, it's really shitty. So people don't say that anymore to anybody who's experiencing pain like that, that just, if you, if you don't know what to say, leave a heart or, or don't, don't say anything. Right. Like it doesn't well, matter and- if you don't say anything. And last week's episode, Kristen really pointed out like, you know, the management at the studio that we were talking about, you know, she was going through a divorce and no matter how amicable or wanted a divorce is or how warranted it is, it, it sucks being in it. And it's like, you know, when people brush it off, like, why are you making this so hard? I mean, I have people say that to me too. 
I, you know, why, you know, you're making this more, you know, more difficult than it needs to be. It's like, that's not, you know, it, it is, it's fucking difficult. It's fucking hard losing any kind of loss in your life. Right. You know, when my, when my child came out as trans, of course I'm an understanding parent, but I had to really grieve losing a daughter. Absolutely. You know? That yeah. was, that was the hardest thing. I'm never going to get to pick out dresses. I mean, we already kind of went through that when he was younger, but it was so hard. And then, you know, my very liberal friends were like, Oh, it's so great. Blah, blah, blah. It's, and then, and I felt strangely, my more conservative friends were more like understanding about that loss that I was experiencing. Right. Maybe the, not that they understood the transgender issue or anything like that, but you know, really recognizing the gra- the gravity of the situation, you know, like, like my child is quote unquote, choosing to be himself and his life will never be easy because of this, you know, quote unquote choice. Right. right? Well, and like with me, I wasn't all yay. It was like, how is this, is this a, how, how are you moving forward? Like asking you questions about it. Yeah. Yeah, Questions that like I had to ask myself that I didn't even know I could, I could do. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I thought my mom, (laughs) the mother load strikes again. Sorry. Um, (laughs) She just sent this to Jasper and I, Jasper's on a flight and we're like, so we just finished Schitt's Creek and look at my mom just sent me. (gasps) That's hilarious. It's a coffee cup from Starbucks and it just says, ew, David. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. That was a distraction. Oh my God. It's so good. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that anytime anyone experiences loss, it's, it's a great, it's a great time to spiritual bypass. (laughs) <laughs> that's the best time to do it. Let's learn how, <laughs> shall we? Moving on. Well, and so like, how do we, you know, deal with this as, well, just as humans, but since we're a yoga rant podcast, how do we deal with this in the yoga world as yogis, as yoga teachers? Um, like, especially I know a lot of teachers feel that when they walk into a room, um, that they have to be this positive, energetic person all the time. And like, Oh, whatever you're feeling right now, it's okay. Just leave it out outside and get back to it later. It's like, no, maybe sometimes we need to just be in the shit. Like it's okay to be in the shit. And maybe uh, there's a person in the class. that's like, Oh, I don't, you know, my teacher's having a bad day, but I, I am honest. I'm like, oh man, I'm just, I'm really having a tough day. You know, like sometimes I'll say that and like, so let's, let's, you know, try to make this, make me happy. Hey, hey students, make me (laughs) happy. You know, like I kind of joke around because I'm usually a pretty positive, upbeat person, but like when I'm not, I, I can't, it's, I can't hide it. So I'm not going to wear your heart on your sleeve. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I'm just having a really rough day. You know, I think maybe yoga is going to be like really just like deep restorative shit today because I can't give you anything else. I'm still, I'm human. Like I can't, you know, so, um, so how do we do that? And like, So he, uh, there's another quote that I found that kind of goes along the lines with that, where Uh you can't have compassion unless you are first willing to feel what you feel. So how do you feel that towards others? You know, like if you can't have that feeling, 
yourself, if you can't sit with your own emotions, how can you push back as yogis with all this compassionate, good vibes? Right. You know, like you, well, and that's exactly like, you know, I've been in, I've been in the yoga community as a student and teacher for so long that, you know, as of you, we've watched the wave come and go for sure. Um, it used to be all about positivity. Like your job was to come in and be positive and give people a happy, good experience. But you know, it's, it's evolved into giving an experience that people can really truly connect with and feel right? right. And sometimes that feeling isn't always good. I think, you know, Rumi's guest house is one of my favorite poems. I, I read it probably several times a year in class. Um, and you know, it ta- in that, in that poem, he talks about like kind of leaving a place at the table for all the emotions, the depression, you know, the goodness, right. all of it. Yeah. Why aren't we giving them all equal say yeah. because they're yeah. all part of human experience, you know, it just can't always be unicorn. Well, I think that's jobs. kind of like the psychological evolution of what's gone on. You know, it's like women used to be really stoic and, you know, men used to be like, you know, walk it off kind of a thing. And then, you know, we've got, we've had this toxic masculinity, although I read this article about it's not toxic masculinity because being masculine is not, you know, this, this toxic persona, which I, I really enjoyed that article and I can't even for the life of me remember what I read it in. But the idea of I think the gender roles have changed a little bit, you know, like we're, it used to be that this is what women did. This is what men did. And, you know, to an extent, they're still there a lot in our society and in other cultures, but, um, watching that play out, watching the evolution of, um, just gender in general being more fluid. I think that that's a big part of it. And, um, my God, I'm losing my train of thought. Just wait, I, I remember, so for years I quoted Marianne Williamson and I, I hate that she got into politics because now I feel like I can't read any of her stuff, even the good stuff, you know, but you know, that, that quote, um, I've read it in class. I know you, I've shared it with you that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure that quote. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, That's essentially, essentially all of her stuff is very spiritually bypassing talking about how we're the only ones getting in our own way. Right. And I, I really truly believed that for a really long time because I was very much in my way in my twenties and even early thirties. And I'd say, you know, and it's, it's ebbed and flowed as everything does over the last decade. But you know, the first, the first 10 years of being an adult were hard and it was me constantly tripping up because I just was a poor decision maker. Right? Well, that's the whole point of being a young adult though. Right. I mean, but the, those quotes really resonated with me. Not that one in particular. I mean, that one in particular does, but you know, the whole thing about me being in my own way. So everything that came into my life felt like my fault. Like, let's go back to my divorce. Mm. You know, I, um, I was deeply in love with someone. I couldn't imagine my life in another way. It wasn't perfect things got real crazy at the end and it wasn't a graceful departure on either side. Um, you know, thank God we're, we're friends and we have a really wonderful relationship now and we talk all the time and do all sorts of things together. But, um, at the time I, I, I couldn't imagine him not in my life. And then it, and then I had to completely cut him out of it in order to move forward, you know, and that felt like I deserved it. 
You know, it felt like that was my fault because I didn't see the signs and I made excuses for bad behavior and I continued to walk into bad behavior. Right. Right. Or, not just bad behavior. I'm just saying like bad decisions in general. And so I had to really examine when we decided to become friends again, if I was just walking right into that kind of heartache again, because I can't imagine my life without this person. Our relationship is completely at a different structure and it's changed. And I'm, I'm happy that we've both been able to evolve and grow as humans. And I think we both kind of grew up enough, you know, I mean, sure. God, he's almost 50 now. So <laughs> he's like your age. <laughs> Shut up. Not quite. But, <laughs> but with that being said, I think that when we're taught in that, to be, you know, that positivity and that, that outlook, it's like, we're in control of our own destiny and, and putting it up to like fate, like, Oh, it's in the yeah. stars or, you know, it's this Mercury's in fucking retrograde. And that's why this happened to you. And it, it, it's completely out of my control in that respect, but it's also like, it's like this because of the choices I made. And I am the, and I have to now change my habits and processes and patterns which, you know, we all do to some extent. And, and, um, I didn't realize I had to do work to do that. I just thought like I would wake up one day and be an adult and right. You know? Um, and so that spiritual bypass was very much a part of yoga. So I'm, I'm sure that I did it too. You know, like we've all done it probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I had a friend, you know, and that's, that's a very optimistic bypass, you know, like the Marianne Williamson stuff, because it was uplifting until you realize, like, until I started seeing all my friends being able to buy houses because their parents were putting down payments on houses. And here I was still renting, right. in, you know, back when Denver was cheap. And I, I was like, yeah, had I, had I not been a single mom, I could have totally bought a house. Right. Had I, had I had a down payment from my parents, like literally every single one of my friends who bought a house at that time, then I could have definitely you know, and, and real, like seeing that leg up and that's just, and I'm white, you know, like I'm not even dealing with all the other racial stuff. I mean, I am a woman. Right. I'm dealing with that. I, I worked in a, you know, I worked in media and television and, you know, you have to be an assertive bitch in order to get anything done in that industry. Well, and, and that's what is funny because that's what they would call women, but men exactly powerful. Yeah. It was power. And I think we're starting to move beyond that, but just looking at the things that people said about Hillary, like whether you liked her or not saying that she's PMSing or being a bitch, like right. nobody said that about Trump. Nobody said that about any other politician. It's only the women. Right. You totally. Know? Exactly. Yeah. So like getting back to what I was saying, you know, about like tapping into our true feelings before we right. can actually do anything else. Like when we do step on our mat, I, I mean, I have cried in class and they weren't yeah. tears of joy. They were like releasing some emotion that I, yeah. that I don't even know was happening. So like, so how we feel when we're in uh, a chanting meditation or in at a gong bath or something like that, or just like a really good yoga class where you just start crying, like that's tapping into all of our emotions, like how we feel. But then when we leave, we leave that feeling. It's that compartmentalizing again. You know, like, it's interesting that you say it that way. I know that like doing Gary's gong baths in particular in Denver, 
Um, he's still the only one that's ever been able to move me that way. But I, I, I dealt with the repercussions for like days afterwards and I was just in a funk and you know, he was like, it's just all that shit leaving you. Like, like, like feel it, like be depressed, be mopey, take a nap in the middle of the day if you need to. And then, you know, it's, it's not the like, get on with it or get over it. It's, it's go through that process and then you'll be, your body and your mind and your emotions will allow you to get on with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you've released it. So you're, you are ready to move. Right. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. So, um, but yeah, so instead of that's where, where that comes into play, the spiritual bypassing is when instead of listening to others and taking their experience into consideration, um, even if we, especially if we aren't sharing in that same experience, um, then you make your point known by like putting a full stop to it. Right by quoting somebody else or whatever. So like, you're really not, you're not tapping into those feelings and emotions like a really good gong bath or yoga class where you're crying and feeling that. And like, um, was about a year ago or so, uh, that student came in and she had never done yoga before. And she was like, I wasn't, I had looked up what to expect, but nobody prepared me for the emotional feeling that I was going to get out of this class. And I was like, well, it's just cause I'm good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, you're but, like, well, you won't get it from everyone, but, keep yeah. coming to me. but I mean, like that's, And so like she on her first class and she, you know, was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I want to hide in the corner. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to be all up in your shit because I want you to enjoy yourself. And like, and she, she did, but she was, she cried her first yoga class. And I was like, oh, that makes you a yogi because you cried. Yeah. She needed it. She needed to access that. And that was the only place she had permission to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, man, I mean, it was years before I cried in a class because I really didn't get it for a long time. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting here moving my body and like breathing weird and like sitting silent and I don't understand what's going on. And then finally one day it just clicked and like waterworks coming out. But, um, but I mean, I still, I had a really shitty day on Friday. Like shit, like I hate everyone. I feel sorry for myself. I fuck you. Like that was my day on Friday, which I felt like that's okay to have. I was also like super PMSing. Um, so that didn't help. And, you know, I'll, I'll just, blame the comment that's coming through the neo <laughs> right. comment. I'm just going to blame that comment for, um, for my emotional, uh, negativity on Friday, but I was really, yeah, don't take responsibility for it. That's cool. <laughs> no, I mean, I fully do. Like I felt, I was like, I'm just going to be pissed. There is a family friend that was basically harassing me on social media about wearing masks. Um, she doesn't want to. And she is a person that was just, uh, granted a free bill of health from breast cancer. Maybe, I mean, hopefully she does, but I'm like, wow, really you of all people. So I just, it's the ignorance of the administration and that it's maybe not her fault. It's just the, the ignorance of 
that. And no um, one knows who to believe. Nobody knows who right. is I full of science. shit. <laughs> it's like, what? I believe in science. So yeah, I do too. <laughs> the problem is that people don't trust the media and they're the ones that are putting the science out there. Right. The administration isn't even cohesive on whether or not the science right. is correct. It's but, hard when the people that are in charge, especially people that people listen to and pay attention to. I mean, I was just listening to Fresh Air with Terry Gross um, and it was, you know, it was a podcast of, uh, she was talking to somebody that wrote a book about why people really think that Trump was, an, you know, anointed by God, essentially, like God put him oh. in office. Wow. which I find fascinating. And they're like, oh, it's always the unlikely one. You know, it's not like God chose the most devoted. He, he chose the one that would be most likely to be recognized or something. And it's like- The one doesn't really give a shit about any- Yeah, it was really hard for me to stomach, but listening to it, and it's like, I, you know, like people truly believe this. So I can't, you know, bypass that. I have to, I want to know what they are thinking. Right. right? Well, and so, but- I, like if she says that all over, this is a fan. She's older. She's, yeah. I don't know, in her sixties or something. I don't go on her page and like blast my Rant. hot garbage to her. <laughs> so don't fucking do it to me. And yeah, but people feel entitled behind that right. computer. R right. And that's, you know, and so like, I was already just having a, like, a psychologically emotional bad day. Like it was just a right. bad day for me. And, uh, so she comes on and she's like, I will not be silenced by wearing a mask. And, um, and I'm just like, well, and what I really wanted to say was, well, I guess if you don't wear a mask, you'll be silenced six feet under the ground. So have a nice day. I didn't, <laughs> I just said, okay. And so I'm on a, um, text thread with a, a couple of girlfriends and I always felt like it was a safe space. And, um, so I was just like going about my day of, of, you know, saying like how mad I am and frustrated and angry. And then one of my close friends, uh, was like, here, uh, you know, listen to this video. And it's of a woman that, um, she writes like positive, books and things, you know, like and affirmations and stuff. Well, no, I mean, I don't, her name, it's, oh God, what the fuck's her name? Rachel Hollis. I think like the girl, wash your face, girl, stop apologizing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't really like her. Yeah. I, I mean, I read one of her books and I'm just like, I, this is just, yeah. It's just, so it's all the same shit recycled over again. Right. And so the same person gave me a book to read and I haven't I've like kind of cracked it open, but barely like two pages in months ago. And, um, so she, she really likes her. And so she, uh, sent this video and I listened to it. Um, and I did like a few things that she said, and you could tell, like, she's definitely also feeling the negative energy of the world right now. Um, especially in the United States. Um, so I got, I'm like, I got it. And I was like, so I just responded, you know, yeah, I really, you know, I, I enjoyed, uh, the quote that she said that she was saying over and over. Um, and then her response was, you know, see, she's not that bad. And I was like, meh, whatevs. She goes, gosh, you're so negative. And I was like, that what? is the last fucking thing I wanted to hear today, knowing that I am just not in a good mood. I have cramps, I have a headache and my world sucks right now. Like, I am glad that you were finding all of this positivity in your life that you never had before because you really didn't. 
Um, but you like, she also doesn't understand like the toxic positivity and the spiritual bypassing and all that. Cause she's just like immersing herself into, I this feel like realm. we could write like a 10 step program for like, of like becoming a yogi and like going through all these stages and levels right. of like, now I get it. And then yeah. like in 10 more years, you and I are be like, Oh, this is us getting it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to learn through it, but I was like that. I was like, I thought I was in a safe space to share my emotions like the rest of the girls do. But because I'm a yoga teacher, I'm not allowed to be, have have a shitty day. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm having a shitty day. Let me have my shitty day and move on. Like it was just really, I'm like, I mean, I'm not, I'm allowed to sit in that anger. Don't tell me that. So, um, and that's also like, I I don't know if this is true, but well, because my world is around a lot of white people, which I don't like. It's Um, the nature of Colorado, though. I get it. Yeah, I was like, if I still lived in Texas, it wouldn't be that way. But, um, but like, I feel like a lot of spiritual bypassing it, it seems to come from very privileged people, that privileged skin and background, and like, yeah you know, there is a pandemic going on and people are really struggling. So all these rose colored glasses that are happening right now, just there's no compassion because you're not actually feeling the, the, your feelings or compassionate enough to be able to sit back and say, you know what, this person's struggle is really real. Like I was really having just a shitty fucking day for no other reason than just having a shitty day. But instead somebody who I trust and love was looking through rose colored glasses of like, you don't have any, you know, and I, I mean, and I was just having a bad day. It's not, I, I'm looking for my next meal or anything like that, or like going through something heavy, like a death or a divorce, you know, and somebody saying that it was just like, what would happen if, you were going through something like that and somebody, well, you know. Right. But it still doesn't make it okay either for no, somebody. No, zero. No, yeah. no, not at all. Well, I know that just, you know, when I was having a bad day one time, it was a very similar situation. I had a friend, I actually I wrote this down because I didn't want to forget it, but I was, I was going through a hard time and I, you know, it was probably like a couple of weeks of something building up and, and I was explaining to her and she like held her hand up and I was like, what? And she goes, you know, I'm an empath and I can just, I really just feel everything so much. And I just, I need you to stop because I don't have the capacity to deal with this right now. Fuck you. And I, you know, oh cause you were like, maybe like, she's like, do you have any, you, you said, do you have any examples of, of, you know, this happening to you? And I was like, that one sprang to mind faster than my divorce, like faster than anything else. Like, because I was so shocked you know, here at what I was her sounding board for when she had a bad week or didn't like her job or whatever. And it was, it was when, um, I was, I was in the process of selling my studio and that was her response. Like I'm an empath and I just feel everything. And I just, I need you to just stop. And I was like, what, what, I'm sorry, what now? (laughs) That is like, I would have laughed. Like, are you joking? I mean, I, maybe that's why I was having a bad day. I'm feeling that way as well. But like, but I feel that a lot. And I, 
I, I mean, I, I call myself an empath as well, but I will never use that as an excuse and a reason as to why I can't be a sounding board for my friends when they need to vent yeah, or I my mean, students the, when they need to cry. Or- yeah. The difference is, is like, oh, there's this stranger in my space that I don't know and I don't want to invite in. But I would still never say that. I would just say, you know, like politely say, oh, hey, I, you know, I, I can't finish this conversation or what, you know, like be polite about it, but not like, I'm sorry, your negative energy is like really soaking into my skin right now. Like you just, you, <laughs> that is, I can't believe somebody said that to you. That is like the ultimate in spiritual bypassing. Yeah. Yeah. It's hiding behind that spirituality, right? Like, Oh my God. It, that was, is it was pretty intense. And what's even better. Are you ready? She's, somebody that I ride bikes with, not even somebody that does yoga. Like it wasn't even a yogi. It was so weird. You don't have to be a yogi to be an empath. I know. I learned that from my friend who's an empath. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's, Sorry, where, where are we in the conversation? Yeah, I know that I keep just going. getting sidetracked by these. No, like, no we're situations. not. We're actually like doing really good and like have good band. Are we doing okay? I think so. So, um, you know, one of the, I, I don't know if you have more on like history and background, but I, I know that like in my research and like just the studying of like neuroscience and um, talking to some therapists and things is that shadow work becoming so important because we, we fall onto spiritual bypassing, whether we do it or we've experienced it or we see, we recognize it at least that spiritual bypassing happens when we're not addressing our own shit. Right. Yeah. And so that's why we don't want to address it with others. That's why we want to kind of brush it off. Yeah. It goes and, back to that denial and defense mm-hmm, that I mentioned. Yeah. And, um, you know, Carl Jung, actually, I have a really cool quote talking about shadow work and he says, until you make the unconscious um, conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And I just love that because, you know, his whole point is, you know, when we say it again, yeah, I dropped my notebook (laughs) (laughs) until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Uh So essentially when, you know, until we recognize these unconscious choices and decisions that we're choosing to make, and we're conscious about like that lizard brain shit, then we actually have control over it rather than just saying, oh, that's fate. That was just meant to be. That was the lesson. That was blah, 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 blah. It was like, no, this is the work. And when we do the work, we're in control of it a little bit more. It doesn't mean that we're always in control, right? Um, but it's like we're and I, I read this other thing that shadow, shadow work is a radical look into the self that we've been ki- conditioned our whole lives to avoid. And that's, and that's exactly what spiritual bypassing is because we're, we're completely bypassing what it is that we don't want to accept or see. But absolutely. Yeah. We don't want to do the work. We don't want to, um, you feel like you did because you covered it up with that veil. Exactly. So, yeah. So, and then, um, it's that, it's that unintegrated self that we have to uncover and heal that baggage that we carry around. Right. Like, and when we don't, when we don't heal it, when we don't address it, when we don't pay attention to it, when, like you said, when we don't get angry or cry or express frustration, that's when we start bringing it up for others as well. Like it's harder for us to recognize. 
yeah, I mean, you're just, you're trying to, I don't know. I mean, when I was first researching that, they were kind of tapping into um, projecting, you know, if you're not doing yeah. the work, you're projecting onto somebody else. And I was like, I don't know. But the more that I was, you know, reading about it and then talking to you, like, they're kind of, I mean, there is like, there is some truth to that. I well, mean, and I've 100% been guilty of projecting and, and I recognize when I'm not doing my work, I do project a lot more. And I also, the things that irritate the fuck out of me. Okay. Like, here's an example. You were late getting on the podcast today, like three minutes or whatever. And I was like, I wasn't even ready, but the fact that you weren't on, I was like, God damn it, Tally. But then well, I had to pause. and going to be late too. Because I know, I know. Just, that's so I was point. like, oh, I'll just wait for her to tell me when she's, <laughs> you know, home and then we'll start getting ready. And you were like, you just send me the thing. And I'm like, oh shit, like you're on, it's like six o'clock. I was like, oh, I know, well, I know. And so then it was like, I was like, wait, but I do this all the time with you because I'll be like, oh, I'll be there at one. And then I'm there at four, you know, right. like. Like you and I constantly do this to each other and it's just like, yeah. this is how we operate and it's totally fine. <laughs> um, but it's like, I get annoyed with the things that I do. You know what I mean? Like m my lack of patience. And when I see people being impatient, I get annoyed with them and I'm like, wait, I'm that person sometimes. Some, sometimes. Just some, just a wee bit. Just, just sometimes. Huh? Okay. <laughs> but you know, like this whole spiritual bypassing is seems so relevant because there are so many current events coming up. I mean, we talked about a studio that closed last, you know, last episode, uh, that really a put lot a, of that going on. Yeah. That put a dent in the yoga world. There's a lot of studios that are closing because of COVID stuff, but there's also a lot of studios that are, you know, like these sexual harassment, com um, complaints are really starting to come out. And, and it's been something that's been rampant in yoga. I think for, you know, since it's been not just westernized, but in general, since it's been a thing, right? Since it's been men and women interacting together and in some well, sort of Well, anytime you have anybody who is in a place of authority as an right. teacher and you have students that are looking to you for something, there's yeah. going to be that unfortunate imbalance, um, which is, I mean, that's just, that it, it it is unfortunate that that happens either by mistake of um, misreading someone or right. you decide that you have, and I don't know if that, because I don't have that tendency that do you decide that you have this power to prey on somebody or do you, do, do, do you already just always have it? And this is yeah. your MO. I don't know. I think people learn manipulation and yeah. it's hard to tell the difference between like somebody who's assertive and manipulative, right? There is, I mean, it's almost a fine line because you right. do have to there. I mean, yeah. I mean, there is a really fine line between the two. Right. But you know, like you, you had also mentioned, I can't remember if it was last week or just in conversation that, you know, people are using things like the Bhagavad Gita and you know, bringing up the yamas and the niyamas and there was a lot know, of that with the pro closure yeah who who were so pissed off at the few who decided to actually voice what needed to be voiced 
And I've never seen so many nasty yogis out there that were just so vile and mean about a fucking studio. I mean, it's, it's a studio. It's not a person. It's not, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an entity. Right. And it was, I mean, a lot of it was directed towards the owner. Um, but I'm, who knows if he really did have any, because he was kind of out of the scene of it as right. And the owner still hired the management staff. And if it was a problem, you know, if the management staff didn't bring it to him, that's, that's horrible. And if, but if it was going on and there were people that, that could have reached out to him, which it sounded like there were, and they did, it's, it's a really hard place to be. And I, I don't envy the situation and any, and any side of it. I just feel like there was a lot of vitriol towards the side of- Oh, it was nasty and gross. And it's the, it's the face of yoga that I've known is there all the time. It, it comes out, it wields its ugly head and then it goes right back under the rock again. And- But they were all quoting things like from the, this says blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now that people are there- hiding behind that veil to get their point across, but not actually sitting and listening like, okay, it didn't happen to you and you loved everything about it. That's great. But listen to these other people's experiences. It's not, it was still their experience. Yeah. And like, and it wasn't being heard. And finally somebody had had enough and said something and people shit themselves. Like it was absolutely crazy. The stuff that I was reading and right. I mean, you know, but I am an empath. So I had to put the phone down and <laughs> get and off. Then did of you it. just, did you just pray about it? I pray. I, I, I commented, I pray. Did you light a candle you. and burn some incense and sage I it? I have a candle burning. I see your candle behind you. I've got incense in the background. It's totally fine. I almost did, but I did. I was like, oh no, Sarah's ready. Sarah's ready. So it was like running back and forth, back and forth. I was like, oh, candle, good. (laughs) Well, one thing that I love, I love this quote, and I can't even remember which teacher said it to me, but you know, I, I do share it with my class a lot, but you know, in the end, we're not, we not, we aren't who we are in spite of our past, but because of it. And so if we can remember that, if we can do the shadow work, if we can, you know, address those, those places in ourselves that we don't love and instead of projecting them on other people, instead of like putting the hand up and saying, no, I can't listen to you or, or letting, you know, giving, spewing advice that's, oh, this is a lesson or, this is just how it is. Or, you know, it's kind of yeah. like when you were a kid and your parent, you know, your parent, you asked your parent for something and they said, no. And you said, why? And they'd say, because. Oh, I hated that. Yeah. Or, or that's not fair. Well, life isn't fair. You yeah. know, like you're not like learning those answers. Yeah. Those answers are just as good as, um, you know what? I know that this is a hard time for you, but you don't get what you can't handle, or there's a lesson here, or you'll get through this. You're so strong and you're such a strong, independent woman. You'll, you're, you're fine on your own or whatever it is. It's like, it's like well, you. I don't want to be on my own. I want to be right. where I'm at or what? Yeah. I want to be codependent and depressed with another person. It's fine. Yeah. Let <laughs> yourself be. And then when the one day that comes to mind of like, wait, no, I don't let it right. be. And then you're a happier person, but maybe you just weren't there yet. Like, it's, right. You get to find it. Yeah. It's just so, ugh. 
<laughs> and it's on your terms. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is icky. It's icky. I guess that's my takeaway. Spiritual <laughs> bypass is icky. Well, and like what you just said, we learn it at a young age. Like uh, our parents saying no because I because I said so. I mean, that's kind of, that's like full stop. That's it. You don't get to have this conversation any further. I mean, of course you're a kid and if you're a bratty kid, maybe you need that, but, um, you know, it's like, but no, if, if, you know, I wouldn't say I was a bratty kid. Well, my parents didn't really ever do actually what they did was they're like, Oh, Oh, you want that? What color? Like in what color do you want it? If I wanted (laughs) (laughs) like, so there was some shit. I'm like, no wonder I'm a smart ass as an adult. Like everything that comes out of my mouth is a smart ass because that's what huh. I was taught. <laughs> right. That's a good uh, evaluation, but. Oh, I'm glad we uncovered some truth tonight. <laughs> yeah. What color we... do you want your truth? <laughs> Ooh, I'd like it rose colored, please. Let me put on my glasses. How about rose colored? Ooh, rose colored. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, good, good talk. Are you going to meditate me? Yeah. Do you hear my dog? No. Oh, I can't believe. Oh my gosh. That is a full blown. That is not a puppy anymore. That's a horse. That's a goddamn miniature pony. He's a big boy. How old is he? Like nine months? He's 10 months old now. Yeah. I was going to say. Just my little pookie. My head fits in his mouth. Like fully. Yeah, it, that's a gigantic dog, and he's yeah. Just his goofy... head is like twice the size of mine, but How... he's still he's made of rubber. So he's still like when I try to get him to come inside, he flops on the ground, and all like hundred pounds of him will not. I was gonna get say, up. but he's like a human, so you can't. Well, yeah, because he's ten months old, he's still growing into his body. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. He's so cute. Um. Yeah. If you're uh. Dun- oh, I do want to say. Uh, about um, uh, about John Will Will <laughs> why can't I talk about uh, John Wellwood that um, he has uh, wh- where I got most of my information was an interview uh, that Tina Fasella did in the Tricycle the Buddhist Review called Human Nature Buddha Nature an interview with John Wellwood and he has been around since the 1960s um, I thought I wrote it down somewhere his um, no maybe I didn't anyway he's been around since the 1960s and kind of one of the the first western yogis to come on in california and all that um and he has still runs a studio out there i can't remember what it's called and i thought i wrote it down but maybe i didn't um so there's the at oh there it is uh the white lotus foundation in 1968 so um so that's what he's doing he's still him and his wife are still uh doing the yoga thing in california so so I just wanted to get my dog out. Hank, the uh, the wrestling coach over here, is um, is that what's happening? Yeah, tell Hank to stop because uh, we have to meditate. It, and it has to be completely quiet. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the big boy outside, and then Hank kidding. will stop trying to. It has to be void of everyone. all of all. Oh, and that Ollie just laid down. He just laid down. Like, hey, I'm I'm good. Okay, I'm ready.
Ollie wants to meditate. This is just, uh, I'm just going to do a quick meditation. Um, just closing your eyes, taking in a nice deep breath, filling up the belly. And then just letting it out through the mouth, letting it go, fogging up the mirror. Again, inhale through the nose, filling up the belly again. This time keeping your mouth closed <laughs> and just letting that circular rotation come in of breathing in through the nose, maybe all the way envisioning it going all the way out through the toes and then circling back up from toes to nose. Sitting deeper, calming your thoughts, but that's okay if you have them. Start to envision just this bubble around you. Maybe you're in another place. Maybe you're outside envisioning a nice tree that you're under and a river going by and just sitting with your feelings sitting with your emotions and then i want to read a quote a poem actually by ganga white called what if what if our religion was each other if our practice was our life, if prayer, our words, what if the temple was the earth? If forests were our church and if holy water were the rivers, lakes, and ocean? What if meditation was our relationships? If the teacher was life, if wisdom was self-knowledge, if love was the center of our being. Taking a nice deep inhale through the nose and let it out through the mouth. One more inhale through the nose. Filling up the belly, pausing here and letting it go, releasing through the mouth. Yay. Thank you. I really liked that uh, poem and it just felt I love so it. relevant. So relevant to what we were talking about. Like, let's all just, let's all just get along. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's just pay attention. Let's stop bypassing what people are saying and doing and listen to one another and actually try to heal together. But wear well, masks. But wear, <laughs> but wear a mask and don't get too close. <laughs> well, 
Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please continue to follow us, write us over email at namasteandrosepodcast at gmail.com. Send us your funnies from being in yoga class or anything yeah, you really, want to share. We do really want to hear funny stories because I know I'm not the only one that had a t- toenail pop off in class. Come on. <laughs> that's, still, Come on. that's still impressive. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then also please continue to review us. We got a really great, um, review recently. It was so fun to, it's always fun to see those show up on our feed and, and send the good stuff. We want to hear what you love. Yeah, absolutely. Please. And if you have any suggestions, uh, we may or may not take them, but please suggest them to us. (laughs) I mean, we're not going to take them at all, but we'd love for you to let us know how you feel. (laughs) I mean, suggestions for a podcast. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Yeah, we still probably won't listen. Yeah, I mean, you never know. If it's good, we will, but. Right. Oh, it was good to talk to you, Tally. I miss you. I love you. Miss you too. Stay safe in Montana. Well, uh, stay safe in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Not leaving the house. (laughs) All right. Uh, This has been Namaste and Rosé. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.